0: Hey everybody, Shaman Hawk here. I'm gonna talk a little bit about energy healing. You know, there's a lot of different uh, views on it. Some people just call it hocus pocus or some mojo, all kinds of new age slang. It's uh, some people believe in it. Some most people don't for some reason. But yet, humans have a tendency to do things just in natural behavior. That would suggest, at least subconsciously, <clears throat> they want to give us some credit, and maybe they do believe in it. You know, when you think about it, when someone's feeling bad, you put your hand on their shoulder. You might give them a hug. You know, what are you doing at that time? You're you're sharing some of your energy with them. So when we're talking about energy healing, don't make it just one linear thought frame we're going to go into a different a lot of different aspects in this you know so you you kiss the hand of a of a child who has a boo-boo you hug the human put a, put your heart next to their heart you know when they're feeling sad you know you um stroke the head you hold the hand you you do something you make the cup of tea there's a little bit of an alchemy magic right there I love that saying. Someone else always makes you a better cup of coffee, if they like you. The ancient cultures always they, they thought it was spirits. You know, they the ancient cultures would um, you know invoke their spirits, uh, put the an, animal body part on you, the claw, the the feathers, uh, you know, the crystals, things like that, because they felt a uh, something special about those items. Now, there's something I'm going to get into later, you know, in another episode called Programming, where you can actually give an inanimate object an energy signature, borrowing it from your own animate life signature. But a lot of things just have their own energy signatures with that, and we use those in the energy healing uh, ceremonies and practices. Let me talk a little bit about the energy healing circles that I help form in different areas. Um, first off, as a general rule, people ask me, how do you go to different countries? How do, you go, how do you get yourself in there? I don't. I only go to places where I'm invited. There's already a need or a desire for me to be there because of reputation or um, <clears throat> who knows what. And I'll interview a promoter or a person and find out if I'm really suited for what they need or if I can recommend someone else. But going into places that are opening up a little bit, you know people ask me what services could I bring or what uh, practices could I bring that would help improve or open up the spiritual community of that area. And energy healing circles are about the best. And the reason is is they, they don't cost anything to, to operate. You, know, you just need a comfortable space where you can put in some people, and a curious audience. And I'll do the rest. I tell people, you get people in the door, I'll get them to come back. And people who have yoga centers, uh, spiritual centers, healing centers, they they love these things because it does get a lot of people through the door. And I always make the suggestion that you just give donations when you want to participate in this. You know, so as uh, and keep the donations pretty s- simple. You know, whatever it would cost you to go get a pastry and a cup of coffee, make that your your suggested donation. Because, if yeah, we always have to make some compensation to keep the lights on in a place and pay the rent. <clears throat> but if you're good, if you offer really good material at your place, people will be more than happy to donate that and more, and you won't have to worry about it. So that being said, <clears throat> you know, I, I tell people in the beginning that I do these energy healing circles for the benefit of the people who need the healing and also just to open up the mind of the people. Because when you can do something that they are part of or they see with their eyes, it's pretty much the truth and they can't really deny it. I'm really not a magician. I'm not an illusionist. You know, It's a straightforward act. If you see it happening around me or to me or with me, you can pretty much bet it's the truth. So I have people usually in the circle and the ideal way that I like to do this is have a massage table or different massage tables within the room. And, you know, somebody would volunteer to get up on that table and then we work on them energetically. When people ask me, is it Reiki? Is it, you know, the prana work? Is it? No, it's, it's none of that. And if you want to do a little bit of in-depth Reiki research, you're going to find out that the original forms are somewhat different than what you'll see on the market today. And it really is kind of a marketed item. I really don't do that in that form because people ask me, what do we do in the heat energy healing circles that I help construct and get established in new areas? And I usually uh, describe it in two words we care and it really is that simple and people always want to make things more complicated than they really are and they want to put more into it and maybe it's the ego and maybe they want to (coughs) make it more complicated because it makes more of a feeling of accomplishment but keep it simple and actually most of the things that in metaphysics are extremely simple Very easy to learn and practice and become proficient at. And actually, the people who I have the best results with in teaching and getting proficiency are children. Because their hearts are open. They're willing to just try stuff without the fear of failure. And they give it their all. 100% open, pure from the heart. And that's really all it takes to be really good at this kind of work. If you have all kinds of stories playing in the background of your mind, that just creates a static and it just won't flow. You know, when you get some people with these energy circles, they use it as a chance for their soapbox, a chance for them to get into their own personal theatrics. But the people who turn out to be really, really good at this kind of work are the person, are the people who the everyday person is curious, with an open heart, caring individual, you know, a little bit of empath abilities is always helpful. But other than that, that these are the people that I almost always watch become very, very good very fast. You know, it's interesting when, you know, people are working on someone on the table. You have to also remember that it's a powerful position. And this is why when I do these open uh, healing circles, I I screen the people you know it is a judgment call because the people trust me in my judgment of the atmosphere the procedures and the people who would be allowed to work on the people on the tables in these in these healing circles so i i do interviews with them i listen to the practitioners and i listen in between the lines and i'll say yes or no so some people can be reiki masters being doing energy healing for 20 years or whatever but i'll deny that person the opportunity to be working on the people on the tables instead of just take you know the 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 everyday person the office administration person or whatever just because i feel they just have that genuinely open heart and they want to care about the person who's laying on that table so again it's really that simple And then when I tell people, too, if I give instructions, I'll say, you know, here, when they say, well, what do we do? Do we do symbols? Do we call in spirit guides? No, none of that. Absolutely none of that. Not that those are bad things. It's just that I really try to work with empowering people, utilizing their own divine self to be able to do what other people would call miracles. I don't call these things miracles. This is just natural part of humanity that's been suppressed over centuries. You know, it takes away the power from the churches, from the governments, and puts it into the people individually, you know, and automatically then collectively. We could have a wonderful planet, you know, if we just really encourage more work like this. But I remind people, if someone hands a puppy to you, someone gives you a kitten, You're like, oh, it's so cute. It's so sweet, you know. And you automatically give it unconditional love. No fear of betrayal. No fear of anything at all. You look at this little furry thing and you say, yes, I will take care of it. I will care for it. I will give it love. And I will try to treat it in a way that nurtures it into really good health and a good life. Okay. Why can't you do that on the person? That's laying on the table. Why can't you open your heart. To just look at that person. Only as a human being. All right. Only as a human being. Just laying there. That needs healing. Why can't you look at that person. And just open your heart. To that person. As a human being. Nothing else. Doesn't matter what they look like. Just like. Their personal habits. To say. I'm going to give you a chance to reset. You know, so maybe to, to correct some imbalances of mind, body, soul connections or whatever and, and and help you with what you say your ailment is. And maybe we'll even do some ones that you don't know about or don't want to talk about. It is really that simple, people. So <clears throat> the last Healing Circle adventure that I did was in Dusseldorf, Germany, uh, before this whole COVID thing. I was working at one place on... Walter Spiegel's uh, shamanic school in Dusseldorf, Germany. And people had come there. uh, One woman in particular had shoulder injury of 20 years. No one could do anything about it. Within three, three, four sessions, you know, and we just had one once a month, uh, every couple weeks, come in there and lay on the table. And uh, myself, Walter, and one other person would do some work on her. And then that group quickly grew, oh, I want to say to about 30 people. And finally, we're doing it every week, sometimes twice a week. And the, the rooms were packed. And other people became practitioners. Other people started to open their own practices and businesses. And, you know, some people quit their jobs and are doing it full time now without certification. And this is the other part. See, people can go through courses get their certificates, and then automatically go through two more courses, become instructors and masters into something they just started studying. You know, put these papers up on their I love me wall of their office, and now they're authentic. Wrong. You know, some of the best people that I've ever met, some people who have worked on me and really helped me, had zero formal training, you know, zero certifications, but they were good all because they had a true, open, honest heart. And, and they really cared about their, what they were doing. Their product was their proficiency. So um, in that circle, of, I worked with Walter about three years. I worked with several people that were terminal, and we got positive results out of that. And uh, some were completely cleared. Actually, two women that I worked with with cancer diagnosis were medical doctors, and of course, I had to ask them, "I really appreciate your wanting to come see me, but you one woman in particular came from a family of doctors. Her husband was a doctor, I'm like, "Why are you coming to me with this and she goes and listen to the answer. Her answer was, "Because I have children and Now I had to step back a moment and like Did I miss something? Then I listened to what she did not tell me. She, what she didn't exactly say was she doesn't really have that much faith in the medical industry, her peer group, her career environment, right? She also said by not saying that, she wanted to live and see her children grow up, maybe become a grandmother, who knows? She said that she trusts me over her environment, her professional environment. You know, this is where it's really important to listen in between the lines and listen to what's not being said. Right? So, and I I told her what we were going to work on. her. I worked on her myself. You know, um, but she had come to the healing circle a couple times. She had told her story. You know, about how the gross that they found in her, and she told him that she was a doctor and she's here. Now, you have to also understand the impact on the rest of the healing circle when a doctor, a medical doctor, a German medical doctor, comes to the healing circle after diagnosed with cancer. And that was a bit of a, a positive impact. But then when she finally said, Yeah, I'm clear, my last scans are completely clear my colleagues seem to think that there that there is some kind of a mishap with the equipment. Only with her was the mishap with the equipment, you know. And this is the resistance that we meet. You know, people get so uh, side-blinded uh, that they will only believe what they're told to believe. And in the medical community, unfortunately, it's like science rules and everything else, it just doesn't work. You know, um, I've done this long distance. I had a, a friend of a friend. Uh, we did a sweat lodge. And now, so this is a, dis, this is, no, excuse me. This is a little bit different because A, it's long distance healing, but there's really not that kind of a distance per se linearly doing this kind of work. But it was also using uh, alchemy and a little bit of geomancy when we did a sweat lodge in hungary for a woman with cancer in um germany long story short um there was a couple other steps of things that were made for the woman that came from visions that i had and she made a miraculous recovery you know and she was doing great progress and uh again usually when i get people like that they're in an early diagnosis where they just don't want to go through the medical treatment or I get to them after they've been given their death date. When they say, sorry, the chemo and radiation isn't working. We're going to take you off of that. Go home, die in peace. And, <clears throat> and often that is the, the killing blow. But some, sometimes they, they have a strong will and they want to keep on going. They'll see me after that phase. And in one way, it might be the great thing because they're totally open. Everything else has failed. They have nothing else to lose. And maybe that's the best time for me to get them. You know, I'm, I, I'm still uh, studying the possibilities, you know, uh, and all that phenomenon. But with this thing in Germany that we did, this woman was doing great, recovering very well. So by the time that we have been working on her, we should, she should have been di- dead in a couple months. And then right about when she was supposed to be <laughs> gone. She was in the prime of a wonderful recovery and, uh, she was feeling great. And for some reason, she let the doctors talk her into another round of experimental chemo. And that day she went into a waking coma and died the next week, you know, and this, I've heard of this happening with other people. This is the first time that this happened with someone I worked with, and, but then the second time, it was with a seven-year-old boy that I helped, you know, live a couple, two more years, he was given a death date, and uh, uh, when I met him, he had no hair, you know, he had charcoal skin, he just, he, he couldn't get up off the couch, didn't talk, he's just waiting to die, and finally we got him to, he was running, he had hair, and he was playing, did sweat lodges with me, and some other people doing great, and then for some reason the doctors, I guess they, I, I guess they hate it when they lose. Somehow their patient's dying is winning, you know. And he got put on some more chemo and then died after that, you know. So there's we meet a lot of resistance, you know, for a lot of reasons. And of course, even after the people are healed. You know, even though the doctors told them they were going to die and they still lived, you know, some people are very, very grateful. And some people are still like, well, it was going to happen. It's my karma. It's God's plan. and I'm not going to argue. You know, you're still alive. Great. I'm happy for you. You know. Yeah. It was just a freak, a freak coincidence, you know, but we love those anyways and wish them well and then let it go. My most extreme case. I worked with a woman that had uh, full-blown AIDS. Was uh, supposed to be a couple weeks from dying. Uh, she she looked like somebody out of one of those World War II uh, concentration camp videos. Uh, I mean, like she looked like The Walking Dead. And uh, people told me, my and my medical friends told me, if you get into the sweat lodge with her, you'll probably kill her. And with the invisible moisture and in the concentration that you're in, you'll probably get, you'll catch what she has. You know, this is this is one of your stupidest ideas, Hawk. Okay, But she was really sure this is what she needed. And I, you know, I went along with my feelings and I just kind of like checking myself and logically, yes, it was a really stupid idea. But it felt right in my gut. And so I've often overridden my logic by my gut feeling. And, you know, that that's never failed me. My logic has failed me before. You know, maybe I don't have as good as logic as I think I do. But uh, my gut's never failed me. And it was a strange lodge as far as sweat lodges go. But uh, at the end of it, you know, she got up on her own and uh, walked away, you know, And the way that she did that compared to how she was, was a bit shocking. You know, um, the whole thing, it's a long story for me to get into another time, but a month later I saw her and she looked like the picture of health. She could have been the front, uh, model cover of a, of a health magazine. And she lived another 10 years that I've heard of, you know, um, I didn't see her after that, but I just, I've heard that she was <coughs> excuse me <clears throat> traveling, lecturing and, and so on, and with an amazing story. So there was a time of, a couple years ago when I was in Hungary again, and I talked to a biochemist because I often wondered what an academic would think about what I do. and she was well familiar with a lot of my cases, particularly in Hungary and Romania. And, um, and and I asked her, I said, "Well, as, a, as an academic, you know, do you have an explanation for this? Why does it work?" And she says, "Oh, it's, it's, it's easy, Hawk." And I'm like, "Oh, really?" She goes, "Yeah, you'll help people create the right story, not just a story that sounds good, but a chance, a story that's a chance, it's a viable option." And once they can truly accept that, the spine does the rest. It it just secretes the hormones, the chemicals. It remembers what it's supposed to be like in when you're in good health, and the process just happens. And I like thought thought about that. I'm like, well, it makes sense. <clears throat> and she asked more about my technique, about how I just you know decide what I'm going to do. No, I I have no format. I just, I listen. You know, people will tell me in their direct words why they're there to see me or what they think is wrong with them. But if I listen in between the lines, they're giving me a very detailed plan of what I need to do to help them. You know, and then I construct the procedure. Now, the procedure can be the ceremony, the whatever, you know, and, <coughs> excuse me, work on my healing energy on this cough I get from my working. But, <coughs> you know, I, I, I've never done the same thing twice for people. And I mean, that's a lot because I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people, whether in groups and often, you know, one-on-one appointments, because I've been doing this work a long time, but each one's different and this is where the medical industry I think really fails uh, it also with this psychological psychiatry therapist thing it really fails because they try to take the humanity that each individual is so unique and everybody has to fit into a certain amount of boxes with a certain amount of causes and cures and imbalances and so on and it just doesn't work that way not in my mind anyway you know people are just too unique But to have a functioning business as a medical facility, you can't do it the way I do it. You spend too much time with people and not get the money in. So that's why they just run people through there like an assembly line. But um, right now I'm in central Texas, just north of Austin. My life's at a point where I could help people do energy healing circles You know, again, or I could travel. You know, usually on these things, people will pay for my travel and lodging to go to a place just to set something up. You know, it's part of my community service, um, give back, Um, and I'm I'm open to doing that again. I've I've had a nice little rest for a year and a half. I'm ready to get back into the jazz. But I love doing this work because um, when the light goes on with people when they participate in these things and they actually see it happening. And that's one big positive push for them. But when they actually feel something coming through, through them, and the person they're working on feels or describes what they felt, you know, it makes this awesome connection. The two of them share that moment. And then when the practitioner, whether it was their very, very first time, or somebody who's just curious about getting into it. Actually sees the person they're working on really improve. Now you cannot deny it. There's no denial. Everybody else saw it happen within the group. And once you hit critical mass within a neighborhood. It's like this big flash bang goes off in the consciousness. And now the, the, the blockages and the program just starts to fall apart. And now... People can be these miraculous, divine human beings that we are, that we are, you know, that that we truly are, and they start to see the real potential coming up, and it's it's beautiful to, to be a part of that and help stimulate it or initiate it and keep it going. The uh, there's another interesting phenomenon when <laughs> it's, it happens every time. You know, when I did this thing when. I have a volunteer. This was at Walter's place. And I've done this a few times. I said, I just need a volunteer that's just going to lay down. I need somebody that's never been to a healing circle, doesn't know. And he actually even thinks that this might just be kind of bullshit and get really skeptical. And one woman raised her hand. I'm like, awesome. You know, she goes, oh, I'm just curious. Some friends told me to come here and check it out. I'm like, perfect. I'm going to have you go in this other room. And it was behind a door and another wall. So she couldn't hear me talking real calm and or low about what we were going to do. And I told the people, what we're going to all do at our own speed is just envision the energy coming from the earth, from us, into the floor, up through the table at the bottom, into her feet, go down her spine, and down her arms back down into the ground and we're just going to imagine seeing this for just a couple minutes and we're not going to tell her what we're going to do and they all agreed so no symbols no standing up no chanting no just pure mind so i asked this woman to come over she got onto the uh, table she laid face down had her arms hanging out or over to the sides of the table and we started, and at the end of it, a couple minutes, I said, "Okay, please sit up. Tell us what you felt. You know." And she described it completely, exactly what we were seeing to do to her. And when looking around at the crowd, you could see people. The lights were going on, but there were there's two very very distinct uh, effects that I watched. After this kind of a thing happens, so you get the one group of people was like, wow, it worked. And you get the other group of people who went, whoa, it worked. Shortly after she was done describing this, I think about five or six people got up and said, oh, thank you very much. And uh, we got to go. And uh, they were looking really nervous, <laughs> you know, got their coats, shoes and left. And when they left, I said, this is what happens. See, it's no longer just a cute curiosity. It's no longer this thing where, you know, a potential scandal that they can expose us for being frauds or anything like that. Now it's like, whoa, it worked. Come to find out, uh, two people that left knew this woman and knew that she would not lie about this. She wouldn't be part of anything like this, you know. And of course, it really opened her up. You know, when I asked some of the other people, like, would you like to tell her what we planned on doing to her? You know, now some people get nervous because yes, you know, just like with readings, you know, everything's public knowledge. People can be influenced by other energy, people's energies, you know, and yeah, we're not as impenetrable or defended as we think, you know. But that's just part of life. And when you accept that, you know, a lot more things open to you because it's the negativity that's around the blockages that want you to believe that that can't be done, you know, because, of course, people look at that. Well, if you can do this kind of thing, you could also do black magic on someone. Well, yeah, that's possible, too. You know, it's a little bit different methodology and mechanics, but yeah, it's possible. But with the same time, why go there? Let's just look at the healing aspects, you know. So that's kind of like healing circles in a nutshell. Short thing. Not 30, that was a half an hour, sorry. But um, if you have any desires, if you're anywhere near the Austin area, I'll be here for a little while longer. Or you can fly me out to your location, you know, and I'll help set up, uh, you know, energy healing circles and we can get something positive rolling like i said they're really really cheap to operate you know it's good for the community in general because it especially now when people have this feeling of hopelessness you know they need something that's has an awe factor to it a wow factor and they give them a little bit of hope because the other side of this is is the same power that we can use in these energy healing circles we can also use to energetically heal the powers of authorities that are uh, preventing us from enjoying our lives and our fullest potentials as divine human beings. You know, so this kind of a power can be used for all kinds of great things. So I hope you'll help me help you and everybody else uh, discover their potential with this. And uh, until then, I'll catch you guys later.